have been about two million European Union citizens will live in the UK Hello, you are listening to Wealthy Women, a show about immigrant women and their stories. I am Anna Torre. And I'm Cecilia Gragnani. Welcome. Hello and welcome to Wildly Women. I am here with Mackenzie Horn. Uh, she is a an activist and she works for the People's Votes campaign. And uh, I'm going to ask her a couple of questions about how she is American, so about how she got here. We Full disclosure, we are at her uh, flat in London, so we are not in a studio today. Um, this is um, one of our new... Um, season episodes so uh, yes thank you so much Kenzie for um, um, bringing me into your home and and um, letting me interview for our podcast um, so first of all I would like to know um, how long have you been in the UK uh, I came here from Phoenix Arizona about four years ago And why did you come here? What was it that um, what you wanted to do over here? So I originally came over for drama school. Uh, I, I am a trained actor. Um, I had lived in New York since I was 17. Um, and, and I had been to acting school over there. But I really wanted some more classical training, um, which is what attracted me to London in the first place. Uh, so I came over here originally for drama school. And then just really fell in love with it here and fell in love with the people and the culture. And so four years later, I'm still here. I only intended on staying for a year, but. Um, and then I just kind of fell in love with, with the culture here, with the, with the people, with, I love that London's so green. I love that it's, you know, it's, it's a huge city, uh, but where I live in Ealing feels like a proper community. It feels like a place where you can um you know walk down the street and and have a nice park nearby and some really lovely kind of independent restaurants and stuff there's a really wonderful curry place next door that i go to far too often um but it, it yeah it just it feels like home now okay so I, i want to take you a bit to the part of the story in which okay so you came over and you wanted to stay here for a year um but then I, I'm assuming as this the, the end of this year was approaching, you were like, okay, I don't actually want to go just yet. Um, but um, being non-European, I suppose is quite, um, I mean, I don't suppose I know that is because I'm Mexican um, and I know that it can be so complicated um, because the immigration policy in this country is very strict in that way. It's not easy at all to, to stay Um, unless you have a student visa or um, some kind of thing like that. Um, so how how did you manage to stay? What, what was um, what was the process for you? So my grandparents fled the Holocaust. Um, they they fled right after Kristallnacht. Um, and so because of that, I was eligible for reparations. Uh, so because my my grandparents had been deprived of their, German citizenship uh, when they were forced out I was eligible to to kind of reclaim that citizenship as it were um, which was quite a difficult decision um, obviously my family has as quite a, a 
a difficult relationship with Germany, shall we say, because it's 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 caused my family a, a lot of pain, and that was quite a difficult decision to make, actually. Um, and I I made the decision that I wouldn't do it if my grandmother wasn't comfortable with it. And so I asked her. I said, you know, I'm thinking about gaining German citizenships so that I'm able to to stay in the UK. Is that something that you're comfortable with, or is that something that you you would really be against me doing? Um, and her condition was as long as she never has to go back to Germany, she doesn't mind if if I'm a citizenship or if I'm a citizen. Um, and so, you know, luckily that was not a, a condition of the process. Um, and thankfully, uh, my Oma still my grandma, sorry, um, Oma's the the German word. Um, but thankfully, my Oma still had all the paperwork necessary. It was still quite a long process. It took from start to finish about a year. Um, cause I, I started applying really quickly after I, I, I came to the UK. Um, and it was a lot of emailing, uh, the, the embassy constantly and, and, and being a massive bother to them, I'm sure. Um, but thankfully because we had all the paperwork and we, we had documents from Dachau and everything proving that, uh, that, that my grandparents had fled and that my, my great grandfather was actually in Dachau for a period of time. Um, and so because we had the documents proving that we were able to, to go through the process kind of quicker than, than normal, I suppose. Was it a stressful process for you? I mean, the reason I'm asking is because I, I had a similar experience. I, I've got Italian citizenship and that's how I managed to stay in the country, uh, being Mexican, that was kind of my way into staying. Um, and for me it was i had this sort of stress all the way through the process because what if i don't get it what if they say no because at the end of the day your life sort of depends on their answer right uh, did you did you go through that or was it always very straightforward that that you would guess it and it, w it wouldn't be a problem or were there doubts that maybe they would say no well i always knew that that i would get it eventually because it it was uh it was um, my right by law um, because of because of reparations. So I knew that that by law I was I was entitled to German citizenship. Um, the problem was the timing. Uh, the German embassy initially said it could be up to two years, um, which would have meant me having to to go back to the U.S. for for quite a while. Um, now at the time I had I had just met my partner. Um, we were in quite a new relationship, so that that definitely put a a bit of a not a strain on the relationship, but it was definitely a, uh, oh my goodness, what if I have to, to go for an indefinite amount of time? What's that going to do to us? What's that going to do to even things like, I remember uh, our year at drama school ended and I was looking for a flat and I didn't know if I would be able to even live in that flat. Um, so yeah, things like uh, things like that and just not having that security of, of where your life is going to head. Um, was quite stressful but I always knew that I would be able to come back here eventually which was which was good so that was that burden fortunately was was taken off of me um, but I think the main thing for me was kind of the the emotional aspect of it um, you know I, I I'm gonna be honest I still have very mixed feelings about being a German citizen um, I've only been to Germany once it, I had a, a wonderful time there and, and I found the German people to be absolutely wonderful and some of the best food that I've ever had um but it it was still quite a 
an emotional way to get citizenship, if that makes sense, uh, because of because of what my grandparents had had been through. So I think for me, the the main hardship of it was emotional. But fortunately, because we had all the documents ready, um, and because my oma saved everything, it it was quite a a quick process. And the German government uh, was really wonderful about it. They they greeted me at the embassy the day that I got the passport, shook my hand, um, and all of that. So I'm I'm definitely very thankful for for that. I have a feeling it's actually a beautiful thing that something so horrible that happened so long ago um now allows you to be here and you know like to continue your relationship and to be able to do the things that you want to do it almost feels like something good ended up coming out of something so bad and i un- i understand what you say about the um like because of that past how um it wasn't the easiest of things but um and i guess on on that same notes i want to take you swiftly to what happened next which is um well of course you went through this process a very emotional and stressful process of of getting this um passport on on time actually for you to be able to stay and to live in the flat that you wanted and you know to continue doing the work that you wanted to do uh but then came Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so tell me tell me a little bit about what that was like for you. Well, <laughs> I got my German passport 2 weeks before my student visa expired. So it was definitely down to the wire, uh and that was only a couple of months before Brexit happened. Um now I've always been quite a a political person. I've always been been very interested in politics and um you know I used to get up at 5:30 in the morning to watch the news I was like a proper nerdy child um so I've always been quite political but Brexit for me was the first time that something really felt personal in in a very visceral way um you know obviously things in in politics had affected me before but this really between brexit and 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 trump uh you know a few months later i i just found myself getting angry constantly and i just and anger can be a really useful emotion don't get me wrong i think especially as women we're told you know to suppress our anger and and keep our anger in all the time and i think anger can be very useful but anger by itself isn't a productive emotion if that makes sense Um so yeah after Brexit and Trump I just found myself getting very angry and watching the news constantly and checking Twitter constantly and and thinking what can I what can I do what can I because posting on Facebook and Twitter and and moaning about it just isn't enough what can I actually do to create change um and so so I started looking for for opportunities to to do that um you know i i i do have a degree in in politics and stuff so i wasn't coming into it completely completely blind um but yeah so i started applying for for jobs in politics and and all that because i really wanted to to actually do something to create changes as, as kind of 
cheesy as this sounds, I if I ever have kids someday, I do want to be able to look at them and say, you know, mum tried to to keep these opportunities open for you because, uh, you know, moving abroad and, and having the opportunities that I have, you know, moving abroad was one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. Um, it really was. And, and I want my children to be able to have that opportunity someday. And I think the EU has given us so much um, that, that we've kind of taken for granted. Uh, so that's kind of what inspired me into into becoming an activist. So I started, you know, applying for jobs in the, the political sphere and uh, this one for the European movement, which is one of the the organizations within the People's Vote campaign came up, uh, kind of blagged my way into it, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's I've been there for about three months now and it's been a really wonderful learning experience and I, it's really nice going to work and feeling like you're doing something that you're you're really passionate about are you allowed to tell me a bit more about uh, what is it that you do like what kind of things are you guys doing and um so yeah if if you can if you can't do you, you can <laughs> just tell me that you can't <laughs> but um i would like just to hear a bit more about that I'll spill all the campaign secrets now. <laughs> um, so we are campaigning for a people's vote on the final Brexit deal. We are a cross-party campaign. Uh, so it uh, it's, you know, kind of um, all parties and, and none um, working together to secure uh, what we call a people's vote. Now, a people's vote is not a rerun of the 2016 referendum. I think we can all agree that no one wants that. Um, we do not want to do that over again. Um, but what it is, it's is it's uh, giving the power back to the people. Um, obviously, Theresa May has come back with a deal now, and it's, it's united Britain in the fact that no one likes it. Um, from from the hardest of Brexiteers to the most hardcore of Remainers, no one is a fan of this deal. And so it's a chance to, to give the power back to the electorate to to either accept the deal uh, or or to remain in the EU. So it, it would be a people's vote with the option to, to remain. Um, now, obviously, I personally uh, am definitely in favour of, of remaining, but... Uh, the campaign is not about um, being, you know, the Remain campaign 2.0. It, it really is a campaign about giving the power back to the electorate. Um, is there anything we can do, as in people like me who don't have a politics degree and and don't you know if we if we wanted to be more involved is there anything we can do write to your mp um we've created a really handy tool so if you go to notbuyingit.uk uh, and you type in a little bit of information about yourself it will help you draft a personalized letter to your mp now our mp here in ealing is a lovely woman by the name of rupa huck she already supports us that's great. Send her an email thanking her for that. If your MP is a hard Brexiteer, fine. Um, email them anyway. They need to know uh, what their constituents think because the best way to change an, uh, an MP's mind is to hear from their constituents. Uh, so the number one thing I'd say is 
write to your MP. If you go on the People's Vote website as well, if you'd like to do a bit more than that, we have a really handy feature where you can find your local group, get involved with that. We do street stalls pretty much every weekend, letter writing parties um, that are actually a, a ton of fun and a really great way to kind of introduce yourself to, to campaigning. Um, and it's one of those things, it's so easy to, to post about it on Facebook and Twitter and get mad, but it's another thing to actually stand up for what you believe in and, and get involved. Um, but yes, the number one thing is writing to your MP, so notbuyingit.uk. Okay, that, that sounds great. I, I actually, because I feel that I personally, obviously I was, it, it affected me personally, this whole Brexit thing. And I, as, as you said, I, I very much felt, I felt rejected. I felt like I was asked to go home, quotation marks. Um, and and uh, I, I, for the first few days, I was scared to like just literally walk out of the house because I was, is somebody going to just start shouting horrible things at me you know which never actually happened to me in london like thankfully um but i do know that it was like the atmosphere changed and a lot of european friends i've got are saying i don't even know if i want to be british even if i can because do i want to belong to a group of people that are just kind of like spreading hate and 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 that sort of thing and I know it's like split, and it's and I know there's a lot of a lot of people didn't vote um, for Brexit because they hate immigrants or you know because they're racist. Um, but it's just like it gave permission to people who are racist um, to just say it out loud and, and and for it to be okay to to treat people in in a way that is not um, acceptable. Um, and I feel I haven't been as involved as I could have been in, in changing something because I also felt, well, I, I almost feel because I am not British and I don't, I can't vote. Do you know, if there was another referendum, I, no one is going to You can vote in local council elections. <laughs> <laughs> I have done. I have Good. done. Yes. Good. Yes. Um, and that's why I did it because I, because I thought I have to try and the, the little power that I have I have to use but but I suppose with the whole Brexit movement just because I I felt that I I didn't go to the to the um people's vote march like I didn't go because I thought I can't re I can't vote even if there was another referendum nobody would ask my opinion so I almost felt that I, I couldn't have one because oh. because of uh, I, I I know and and so it's really um it's really good to to hear you say what I can because I have emailed uh, my MP before and then she actually has always replied and said this is what I'm doing and you know so um, yeah Rupa's Rupa's fantastic she will she will get back to you <laughs> so so I think um, it, yeah it's just because sometimes I guess and I'm, maybe there are other people like me out there you know that just feel that they're just waiting to see what happens even though it's our lives the ones that are uh, in the balance somehow we're just like well i have no say in this decision so i'm just gonna wait see i don't think we have the luxury of being apolitical anymore um like you said it is our lives that are that are on the line and i know for me obviously i'm i'm also quite dismayed about what's going on in america um but there's so much that you can do even like you said if you can't vote in in uh, 
in general elections. You can still vote in your council elections. You can still write to your MP. You can still, uh, you know, go canvassing door to door. You can still participate in street stalls or letter writing parties. There's still so much you can do, even if it's just putting the word out on social media, even if it's encouraging friends to come along with you. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't think we have the luxury of, of not getting involved anymore. Um, and again, it is that kind of thing where, you know, 10, 15 years from now when, when we have kids or, you know, wherever our life takes us, you don't want to look back and say, oh, I should have done that. I should have uh, helped. I should have, should have, could have, would have, um, basically. Um, so I think it's so important that everybody makes their voice heard in whatever way they can. Um, you know, uh, part of my job is is getting letters from from activists and, and people that we've uh, either uh, gotten money from or or uh, been supported by. And I've been really touched by how many you know elderly people um, have said, "Oh, I I, I can't uh, come to the march physically, but I'm with you in spirit." And some really wonderful, moving letters from from uh, Brits in Europe that are really supporting us. Um, and so it's been really touching to see the kind of swell of support that we've had, but we need everyone to get involved. Absolutely. And from now on, <laughs> I I will be more involved <laughs> and I will make everyone else around me Good. be more involved because like w whatever your opinion is, you know what I mean? Like if you think we should stay in the European Union or, or not, like um, you should get yourself um, like educated like read and then and, and know um what that actually means right and that's the thing i guess that was always the thing that people actually didn't know what it meant because there was like what will it mean to leave what like what will happen if we leave nobody actually knew the answer to that question and now that there is a deal at least you can have a look and see what that actually means and then you can decide if you think that is the best for you and your family and you know your country or not and um and i think yeah i, I do i really do think you're right that we all should just um just know what's going on and 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 put pressure because we pay we pay taxes and you know like that's what they are there for so um so this brings me to my next question do you want to stay here, do you think? Yes. Um, obviously, I, 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 I do miss home. I miss my family terribly. Um, and it's always quite hard living away from them, um, especially this time of year. You know, Hanukkah's coming up, which is my favorite holiday of the year. And, and that was always quite a special bonding thing for my dad and I. So especially this time of year, um, it, it gets quite quite difficult. Um, but I absolutely love it here. Um, you know, my partner's here. I've, I've got a cat. Um, <laughs> I feel quite, quite settled here. Um, and really very happy. Um, and in terms of like settling down permanently, um, you know, the education system is, is better in the UK. Gun laws are certainly a lot more sensible in the UK than in the US. Um, the NHS is a national treasure. Um, and, and coming from an American perspective, you really learn the value of universal health care uh, coming from America. Um, and, and I just think the NHS is so wonderful and, and such a, 
a wonderful testament to the British people. Um, so actually, yeah, I think um, in the long term, I'd like to stay here. But that doesn't mean I don't miss miss home. <laughs> Would you apply for citizenship, do you think? You know, that's a tough one, because I think it really depends on how this settled status that we've been promised pans out. Um, obviously, after Windrush and, and what happened with with the Windrush generation, I don't have a tremendous amount of faith in this government to uh, make sure that our situation as EU nationals is sorted out. Um, but at the same time, my German passport is now going to give me a lot more rights, just like your Italian one, is going to give me a lot more rights to, to travel and to work than a, a British passport would. Um, I would never give up my American passport, ever. Um, you know, that is that is my country. That is, that is who I am in large respect. Um, but I'd also be very reluctant now to, to give up my German passport. And as far as I know, having three citizenships isn't allowed, isn't... Um, but if it came down to it and it, you know, I had to take British citizenship to, to stay in the UK, then yes, I would. And I suppose it would obviously be quite nice to kind of have that, you know, as a formal, because I, I do, I love this country so much. Um, and it really has become an adopted home for me. But as of right now, I don't plan on, on getting British citizenship. I have asked around, and I think it is possible to have three. I don't. I think it depends on the countries. Um, but you should check that out because <laughs> I, because I was like, oh, maybe I have to give up the Mexican because for me, um, I know what you're saying. If I was American, <laughs> I probably would not give up the American passport. But um, for me, I, I just thought oh, it's easy if I want to work in Mexico again for some reason. I can do it as a foreigner. It, w- it wouldn't be a problem. And um, and I. And obviously, I'm Mexican. I'm mo- much more Mexican than I'm Italian. Like I grew up in Mexico, and like my heart is is with that. But just because I don't have a document that says that I'm Mexican, it wouldn't stop me from being Mexican. Um, but then I I was having this conversation with someone, and and she said, well, it's not actually that easy to work in Mexico as a foreigner. Like if you wanted to go back, and like you you do, were not like a Mexican national any- anymore. It, it's not that easy and I was like oh <laughs> I always thought it would be fine because we love foreigners so it's like yeah everyone is foreign come in you know but I mean recently in the news there's been a lot of um talk about how now Mexicans are becoming a bit of like you need to go back to your country and I was so embarrassed about the whole thing so um apparently it's not like that it depends where you come from actually so um but but this person I was talking to, she was like, no, you can have three. Like she she knows people who do. So, but I think it would depend on the, but then, you know, that would be perfect <laughs> because then we can just have everything and it's all <laughs> fine. Um, but um, yeah, that, that idea of having to give up one of them is, is not good because what we want is less borders rather than more, right? Um, so my next question would be what, you what do you hate i mean hate's a strong word but about living here what are the things that you're not that crazy about let's say i get a really bad tube rage (laughs) um especially this is my first time kind of having a because i used to be an actor um 
and so that wasn't uh, you know that was quite a your schedule would vary every day but this is my first kind of nine to five although it's a, a lot more than that um but this is my first kind of um having to commute at rush hour and i cannot handle the two um brits aren't great with their spatial reasoning i've noticed coming from new york where where everybody was constantly on the move and in a hurry and in london people just kind of meander and it drives me up a wall um londoners never seem to move in a straight line they always kind of zigzag their way around the stations which drives me up a wall um so yeah i guess the tube is kind of my number one thing that i that i hate well that that's not too bad and i think a lot of people (laughs) (laughs) it's true though like but i i think i do sit like if i'm going through a station i might zigzag but is but it's because i'm trying to get through i'm trying to go somewhere and people are not moving so i'm just like yeah but i have heard this about new york i've only been to new york once and it was like two days so i and it was ages ago years and years ago so i didn't actually pick that up but i've heard that there's like a system and people know how to do it we need that here we need to bring that from from america over um so my next question is what do you love about living here i know you already said actually quite a few things that that you like but maybe pick one or two that that you're really sort of um that you know the things that that made you feel this is somewhere i could potentially you know settle and maybe have kids and you know things like that i mean it's just a stunningly beautiful country um my partner lives in in sussex um and every time we go back there it i feel so peaceful um you know i i grew up in the desert in phoenix um so you know trees and and green everywhere wasn't really a part of my my childhood um so coming back and like my partner's got this beautiful duck pond in his backyard and there's gorgeous trees everywhere and a forest basically in his backyard um and so every time i go back there i just feel really at peace and yeah it's just going for walks on the forest and everything it's just so lovely and the kind of existence that i've I've always kind of dreamed about when I was little. Um, yeah, the other thing is just the kind of relationships that I've built up here. Um, obviously, my partner and I have been together for four years. Um, and so he he has become my family now, um, which is absolutely wonderful. And that's such a nice safety net as well, I suppose. And, and some wonderful friends that I've made here. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think the people make the place and, and I've met the most incredible people here that, you know, that, that have made it feel just as much a home as, as, as Phoenix ever was. And do you think, uh, you would ever consider going back to the US? I know that the political situation right now, it's, it's a bit, you know, let's just leave it at that. But, um. Do you think it might be a possibility in 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 future, perhaps, or uh, are you open to it or not? Well, once I've sorted out Brexit, then we'll talk. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, I um, I I I really love politics um, in both countries, and I'm I'm really passionate about trying to create change in in both countries. 
and so maybe eventually I would go back to the US. I'm really passionate about electing women. We need more female MPs. We need more uh, f- women in Congress. Uh, we need more female governors in the US. Um, because I really do believe that the more women that are in positions of power, the more legislation happens that helps women. Um, and that's been statistically proven in countries like Argentina, Brazil, um, and things like that. The more women are in power, the more women benefit. Um, and that's something that I, the older I get, the more I'm, I'm passionate about that. Um, so I can definitely see myself moving back to the US if the opportunity arose to, to work on something like that that I'm really passionate about. I don't think I'd move back to Phoenix just because while I loved growing up there, and it is a wonderful place, don't get me wrong, um, it's it's quite um, Republican, <laughs> for lack of a. Um, although Kirsten Cinema uh, did did win Congress, uh, uh, win the Senate seat in Arizona recently, first uh, first Democrat in my lifetime, which was wonderful. Um, but I think if I were to move back to the U.S., it would be to Seattle, where my parents are from. Um, because that's obviously a wonderful town and same climate as here. So I'm already used to the rain. Um, but yeah, I think unless the opportunity arose to uh, to do something meaningful there, then I'm quite happy here. Well, Kenzie, um, we on that note, uh, we need to finish. But thank you so, so much for this interview and um, for letting me into your home and, and, and telling us all about your journey as an immigrant here in the UK. Um, yeah, and it was, it was really, really nice to talk to you today. Thanks, always nice to chat to you. <laughs> well, thank you very much for tuning in. If you want to get in touch, tweet us at worldly underscore women. We would love to hear your comments. <laughs>